0: Hey there, friends. Welcome to the podcast today. Are you seeking to face down a challenge, maybe accessing a door of possibility? Uh, There's likely something that you need to move on with a supernatural speed. Believe me, (laughs) believe me when I say I understand I'm in the throes of something right now that this applies to a project, I won't detail it for you, but suffice it to say, I feel like The water's up to my nose. I feel like I'm constantly dependent upon the Lord, and I really need his speed on it, his ability. Nehemiah and his team rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem in a record-breaking 52 days, and we need to see this as a faith template for you and me as we uh, have challenges, problems, or maybe on the positive side opportunities, doors, horizons. Welcome friend to episode 253 of Jesus Smart the podcast. You can see the show notes page for links and to take things further on this theme at slash 253 It's going to be gritty. It's going to be granular today. It's going to be a little bit raw. Uh, We're also building out a page. It's not up yet. If you listen to this episode on maybe the first day that it's released, it won't quite be there yet. But jot this down or just remember it. It's pretty simple. Come back to JesusSmart.com slash accelerate. And what we're going to be doing there is using that as a page to aggregate and list out. This is the third in a series on 52 Days to Accelerate. Today's theme is the power of. Of practices, I believe that Jesus Christ knows how our lives work best. Do you? I believe He really does, and He's passionate about developing us as His followers, as co-agents in His kingdom, intimate friends that are in the loop, in the know. Jesus said, "I no longer call you servants; I call you my friends. For all things that I've heard from my Father, I've made known to you. And we are so grateful. Jesus is our Savior, our Redeemer." He has cleansed us of our sins. He has enabled us to come into the kingdom. Our future is the new heavens and the new earth rather than hell. He's also eminently brilliant, and he knows how this life works best. As we model and live out the brilliance of Jesus, it becomes a witness to others. You know, the New Testament says when they ask you to give an account, for the hope that is in you. We should be leading lives that are increasingly brilliant in the Lord, that are really demonstrating and modeling a hope in our lives. And we're different. We're singular. We stand out from the rest. And Jesus knows how this life works best. And I believe as we get fully trained up in him and learn from him, we can come in on that that higher information. We're going to have a prayer at the end. Uh, So stay tuned for that. Just about one minute. I want to pray this theme over you today. We took a one week break from this series and that one is called Emerging Voices. Here's what they're saying. And this episode is getting a lot of play for this podcast. I think we had, it was either 11 or 13. It may have been 13 voices. It's only about a, maybe a 35 minute episode, but we had about 13 voices sharing what they felt. The Lord was teaching them and showing them what they felt the Holy Spirit was speaking to them through the word or maybe in prayer. And it was just an opportunity to update one another. Uh, it's getting really positive results. I encourage you to listen to that episode 252. You can go to the show notes page at com slash 252 or on any podcast app, search for that episode and pull it up, Emerging Voices. Now, we're encouraging you to ask the Holy Spirit what you should target for 52 days of acceleration and focus. There may be something that's really obvious in your life that it doesn't, it takes you about one nanosecond to figure this out because it's something that's right up in your grill, <laughs> something that maybe you're currently dealing with or know that you need to start moving on. I'm committing to take this seriously. I have this personal project I'm working on. I'm going to be honest with you. I woke up uh, one day last week, and when I woke up, This thing, I'm I'm laying in bed and this sigh came out of me. Immediately, this thing was up in my grill, this project. And this sigh came up out of me that something like this, I can't do it. It's too painful. It's too much for me. And I knew that wasn't from the Lord. That was my natural, weak, hurting person speaking. I'm telling you, as soon as that sigh came out like lightning And I know this was from the Lord because I did not have enough time to think this up myself, you know, especially as you're just waking up, you're in that, that in between twilight sort of zone. Immediately words came, which I knew were from Isaiah. It says, awake, awake, shake off, shake off the dust, rise up and sit down as a, as a king or as a queen. It turns out it's in Isaiah 52 and these words were spoken to the remnant that was returning from Babylonian exile and they were rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem and rebuilding the temple and it was difficult they had to draw upon the power of God it's not by power it's not by might one prophet says it's by my it's 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 by the holy spirit but immediately that those words flashed across my spirit and it was a bit of a rescue it was just a reminder you need me i'm here for you i'm going to help you wake up shake it off get moving, pray. To me, it means pray and begin to execute on that prayer. 52 days of acceleration, that remnant rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem. And so we're kind of using that as a as a template or a precedent to overlay over our own lives. You know, the New Testament says, speaking of the Israelites, that these things, their experiences were written for our instruction upon whom the ends of the ages have come. That's in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. So before we get to today's insight, which is insight number three, let's very briefly review the first two insights. The first one is catch God's heart. You can listen to this in episode 250. Feel God's heart. Pray something like this. God, give me your heart for this. This, this project, this need, this, this problem or, or this opportunity, this horizon. How do you feel about it, Lord? What is your pleasure? What will bring you glory? How can this, Lord, serve your story? It's not just about me. In fact, it's primarily about you, but I'm caught up in you. I'm caught up in your story and it's a practical need in my own life. And Lord, would, would, would you enlarge my heart so I can run with this? The, the capacity of our heart the enlargement of our heart determines the capacity or the space of the breakthrough that we can experience you can review that in episode 250 if you haven't heard it yet or maybe you want to listen to it again you know i'm i'm acquainted with a new podcast that i'm that i'm listening to and i'm really drawing upon it and i'm finding out that as i walk or as i'm painting outside or something like that that i can listen to those episodes again and I get more from them the second time. And then in episode 252, there was the second key insight on this this uh, accelerating for 52 days. Pray it to completion. You see, prayer is kingdom activity, my friend. They walked with the Lord in the cool of the day in the Garden of Eden. And if if we are going to have sustainability and capacity to exercise dominion, that is contingent upon our ongoing relationship and conversation with the king in the cool of the day, if you will. That is our greatest life skill I am proposing to you for your consideration. Develop a daily conversational, substantive relationship with the Lord. His words abiding in us, we reflect back to him, his thoughts and words, and we receive what he is saying Prayer makes the way. Prayer softens the ground. It sets the stage prayer is like priming. You know, there's this concept called prime mover. I just looked it up, a person or establishment that is chiefly responsible for the creation or the execution of a plan or a project. Here's another definition, and Merriam-Webster Webster is good on this. I'm not sure how they're doing. There's an issue with Merriam-Webster these days with changing the meanings of words and some things that are kind of tacking in a direction that's not too too good, but... Uh, they nail it on this one. Here, Here's a definition of prime mover, the self-moved being that is the source of all motion. Well, that's a good phrase for Yahweh, the self-existent one, self-sustaining, who initiates and says, I'm here for you and I will make this happen for you, Yahweh or Jehovah, translated in the English sometimes. But God is the prime mover. He moves our heart. He moves us with what's moving him, hopefully. We're open to that and receiving that. He moves our heart and then he invites us to move him in prayer. This is usually how he works, it seems to me. And then he moves through you, via you, with you, in partnership with you on that need, challenge, opportunity horizon. Can we say this again? Because in a in a sense, I think this is like kingdom calculus. God is the prime mover. He's that person who is chiefly responsible for the creation or execution of a plan or project. Okay. He's the self-moved being that is the source of all motion. Now, here it comes again. He moves our heart. He He's the initiator. He moves our heart. Then he invites us to move him in prayer. This is generally how he works, I believe. And then as we pray, we start moving out in prayer-born activity. He moves through us in partnership with us, and we can move that mountain. We can advance that project. We can move and access that door or move towards that horizon. So what Nehemiah did was he first picked up the passion of the Lord for the need of the restoration of Jerusalem. He felt it. He prayed for four months. You read it in early Nehemiah. He prayed and fasted and mourned for four months. His heart was being conditioned and he was priming the situation with prayer, repentance, fasting. He was petitioning the Lord and then he began to move out and execute in faith. He went to the king after four months. And this is where we sort of pick it up today. Now, we can map to these Old Testament patterns. We can map to these precedents and do the same. Right now, though, all of these things are fulfilled in Christ. And we're on this side of the cross. We're on this side of the resurrection and the ascension and the seating of Christ as a king at the right hand of the Father. So we read back into it with new covenant reality. So here it is, insight number three. You ready? We started with the heart, we went into prayer, and now here's it, it starts getting practical and gritty. Engage real-world practice with faith and speed. Engage real-world practice with faith and with speed. Again, if I can mention, JesusSmart.com slash Accelerate will be the homepage for this this series, and then it will link out and take you to episode pages for each episode that's going to be up shortly, but it says in Nehemiah chapter two, verses three through four, I became dreadfully afraid he came before the king, and the king was saying, "Hey, you look depressed. What's wrong?" And this was not cool in those days. This was not the protocol of a courtly service before the king. You could actually lose your head. It's an insult, it's an affront to the king to be looking despondent, depressed in his presence. So he became dreadfully afraid and he said to the king, may the king live forever. This is is Nehemiah. Why should my face not be sad when the city, the place of my father's tombs, lies waste and its gates are burned with fire? Then the king said to me, what do you request? Wow, he didn't kill him. He didn't. Uh, he's the cupbearer before the king. He didn't send him out from his presence. He actually said, What do you request? You see, Nehemiah already had God's movement and God's heart on this. And he had already, for four months, primed his heart, primed the whole setting and situation with prayer, with mourning, with lamenting, and with fasting. And now it was time to move out in prayer born action. So the king is like primed for this. He may not even know how he's primed for this, but this is how God works in the practical. What do you request? And Nehemiah began to move out in heart-born, prayer-fueled execution. This is what we want. Execution, execution, execution. I'm talking about activity, activity, activity. Movement, movement, movement. Faith is, at the end of the day, movement. Faith without steps and without works is dead. It's said of Abraham that he went out, not knowing where he was going, not knowing how it was all going to play out, how it would happen, but he had a big old why on the inside of him that God gave him. And he had a big old sense of calling about it. And as he began to move, 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 God showed him. And through time, God manifested the realization of those promises to him. You see, I want acumen. You want it, don't you? God tell. Accuracy. We want acumen from above ourselves. We want the anointing. We all have an anointing from the Holy One, John says in 1 John. And let me tell you, this anointing is the anointing of a king. It's royal in nature. Do you know that when you're born again, it's already in you, that royal anointing? is given to you, and now you begin a process of walking with the Lord and the release of your spirit and releasing that anointing all throughout you and via you into into the space around you and into that sphere of influence and calling for you. So we want the acumen. We want the anointing of King Jesus. We desire, here's another A word, acceleration. Speed is power. Elijah prayed that the rains would come again. He prayed seven times. Finally, the servant went up to look and it says, I see a cloud coming up over the water, over the horizon. It looks up like the size of a man's hand. And then the anointing of speed came upon Elijah and he actually outran, physically outran Ahab's chariot. That's the anointing of a breakthrough and that's the acceleration of a God move. Our passion is to align with the Lord, align with his plan, what the Lord is building. All these A words now, acceleration, align. And here's yet another, architecture. What is the king's activity? What is he building? Unless the Lord builds the house in your life, you labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain, Psalm 127. So we want his acumen, that God tell, we want that royal anointing. We want the acceleration, the suddenly of God, knowing that a suddenly is usually on the long end of a hidden process of prayer development, maybe hidden activity. And then what looks like a suddenly to everyone else is actually, you know it, the Lord knows it, it's a long, faithful, steadfast process, but acceleration. And then our passion is to align with the Lord, align with his design, align with his architecture. So Nehemiah, he moved out in real world practice with faith and speed. He engaged that pagan king that he served as a cupbearer in Babylon. And I just see this as engaging real world practice. The king said, what do you want? And what's happening now? The Lord through Nehemiah is pulling on the practice of this world into God's project. The king becomes involved. He funds it. He gives him letters of certification, letters of security to travel. He he, he gives him, you know, access to, to materials, material provision. Nehemiah, God through Nehemiah is pulling on the practice of this world system, even a fallen world system into God's project. And that's what you need to pray, my friend. We need to pray that everything would align with God's will and God's design and God's plan, that things would snap into alignment around us. People, networking, resources, provision, ideas, innovation. I feel this myself. I'm in this. And I pray this at times, like over maybe a family member, my wife or my children, that the kingdom. And that the practice of this world, when they walk into a setting, when you walk into a room, that it would snap into alignment to God's design because he is the Lord. He is the king. And if he's up to a project or he's advancing you towards a horizon, that is his design and everything has to yield and bow down to it, frankly. And it, you may have to contend for that. You will, You will go through discomfort in that. You will process in that. You may have to go through lamenting, repenting, and cementing. (laughs) I'm a horrible poet. Cementing God's design in the earth, that project. You have to discern how all that plays out for you. But let's get this deep down into our bones. Christ is the ascended head over all things, and he owns it all. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, and those who dwell therein. Wow, Psalm 24, 1. Okay, I just had another little connection. I've always known it said, and those who dwell therein. But if he wants to use a pagan king, he'll use them. If he wants to use a cult, Jesus said, go and get this cult and come back. And if anybody asks you, what are you doing? Say the Lord has need of it. He can use anything he wants to use in you, via you and through you. You're not limited to this world system. You're not limited to the natural fallen ideas of of, of man. You're not even limited to natural. I know the Lord can work through human certification and organizations and licensure and things of this nature. He can do that, but he can also do it without it if he needs to or wants to. He can use anything he wants to use. He can make things happen that should not be happening because he's the Lord. And things have to snap and come into obedience It said in the gospels, they marveled that even the winds and the waves obeyed him. What needs to obey the Lord in your life right now? You need to think about that. What is staring you down like some kind of a rebellious situation that needs to bow its knees to the lordship and leadership of Christ in you and via you? I want to encourage you to set your face like Flint. I'm thinking now, you know, there were two of our daughters that were involved in girls softball when they were younger. And I was involved in helping to coach them. I was like an assistant coach. And I forget the details of maybe exactly which daughter it was. But there was this one season where I worked with this um, coach and he was just fun. The girls loved him. He was a real, you know, intense, fun Winner, and we were in the summer softball league. But he he actually coached it like it was some kind of a super competitive uh, <laughs> traveling softball team. If, if if you're in a softball or sports with children, you kind of know what that what I mean by that. So much so that he and I, <laughs> he and I actually offended the summer league with our our team because we were just so competitive and so so much wanting to win. And anyway, one 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 day, I think it was. May have been in a game context, maybe a practice, but it may have been a game. My daughter's at the plate with her bat, and she's got this smile on her face and I don't want you to hear this wrong, but you know he you know you had to understand the context of him you It wouldn't seem offensive if you did, but he said, "Come on, Ariel, get that smile off your face." He wanted her to play a little bit angry, all right. He wanted her to play a little bit. And I just, I don't know, maybe you're facing down something right now where you just need to get that casual smile off your face and allow the Lord to set your face like Flint because there's something that wants to happen that needs to happen for the Lord to maybe reposition you or unlock a new season. The Lord wants to give you a key to pick that lock. Are you? Do you feel locked down on something? Is there something that is stuck? Well, that thing needs to start moving again. He is the prime mover. You need to get out of that rut. That lock needs to be picked by some key from heaven. He's going to set your face like a flint. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you the practices that are at play in your situation that are involving your need, your challenge, your opportunity or horizon, and let's get gritty about it. Let's bring the supernatural over the natural and invoke the supremacy of the ascended lordship of Christ over that silly little thing. I suppose I'm talking more to myself perhaps today. I need to set up a mirror here in the podcasting space. I need to set up a mirror so I can you know, look at myself and just bring it home. I want to encourage you, get your journal out, open an app, begin to note what the Holy Spirit is saying and how you are processing with Him on that 52-day need. Now, let me pray for you. Father, I want to thank you right now for my friend, and I'm going to pray this as a bl- a blanket prayer over myself as well, Father. I pray that you would give us the grit and the glory and the resolve. Lord, that you would set our face like flint that you would put your speed and your power on us that scares the enemy. I pray that he would see such speed and agility coming at him, that he would be frightened. That thing in which he's trying to hinder or create friction or slow it down or kill it or, you know, uh, block it, that there would be such agility and speed upon your sons and daughters that it would overwhelm any tactic of the enemy. I thank you, Lord, and I pray that those walls would be rebuilt. I pray that those waste places would be restored. I pray that even all the intimidation that comes from the surrounding enemies of the project, that that would be totally swamped by the execution, by the performance of the kingdom of heaven in my friend, through my friend, in my life, through me, Lord. We thank you for your empowerment. We pray that circumstances and even those who are not in your kingdom would align to that project that is royal in us. That there would be alignment, certification, provision, endorsement from the world around us. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. We give you glory and praise and honor, Father, in the name of Jesus. Again, jesusmartcom slash... Accelerate is going to be the homepage for this growing series. This is number three in the series. I'm thinking it's going to go to about six or seven. And that's going to be it, not too long. And you can go to the show notes page for this specific episode at jesussmart.com 253. If you're listening on the day it comes out, give me about 24 hours to get both of those pages put together. Got a lot of moving pieces here right now. There will be links there and scriptures and things to take things further and while you're there, you may be interested in other episodes and articles. You can go to the show notes page for this episode at JesusSmart.com/two-five-three for links and to take things further. And while you're there, you may find um, an interest in other episodes and articles there. Who needs to hear this in your world? Thank you for passing this episode along to your friends and contacts that you think uh, would be ready for this, and this is something relevant in their life right now, and would enjoy it and find value in it. The future does belong to Jesus. We need to consistently remind ourselves about this. The now belongs to Jesus. We need to remind ourselves that he is a transcendent Lord, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. He's brilliant. He's a brilliant king. Walk with him and you're going to catch his brilliance in a unique way via you. I look forward to connecting next time.